0: Welcome to the Let's Rise podcast, where we share motivating and inspiring content for the goal of rising together. Today's message has been specifically created just for you and your life circumstances. We hope that you enjoy this life-giving message brought to you by Pastor Christopher Legion. And today we are starting a new series titled Love Lockdown. We are challenging you to keep your love on lock because not everyone deserves your heart. Handing your heart to someone who is undeserving of it results in heartbreak. So this series, we will teach you how to guard your heart. Everybody say guard your heart. If you have your Bibles, please turn to Song of Songs 27. Yeah, we're reading the rated R version of the Bible. We'll read a few different versions of Song of Songs 2.7 to gain a holistic understanding of the scripture. Also, while you are opening your Bibles, please keep in mind Galatians 3.28. There is neither Jew nor Gentile, neither slave nor free, nor is there male or female, for all are one in Christ. The reason it's important to keep that into perspective is directly speaking to women, however, fellas, We are all one in Christ. There is no gender in Christ. We forget that. We don't preach that a lot. We we ignore that. God sees us all as one. Everything in this message, I want you to listen. Don't miss it and think I'm just talking to the ladies. Can I get an amen? So let's pray. Father God, you are worthy to be glorified. You are worthy to be praised. I pray that you speak through me. I pray that you remove me, and I pray that your will be done in the sermon, God. Amen. Amen. Song of Songs 2-7. NIV. Daughters of Jerusalem, I charge you by the gazelle and by the doze of the field. Do not arouse or awaken love until it desires. The New King James Version. I charge you by the gazelles or by the doze of the field. Do not stir up or awaken love until it pleases. The New Living Translation. Promise me, O woman of Jerusalem, by the gazelle and wild deer, not to awaken love until the time is right. And finally, the message version. Oh, let me warn you, sisters. In Jerusalem, by the gazelle, yes, by all the wild deer, don't excite love. Don't stir it up until the time is ripe and you're ready. Now, if we put all of those translations together, I, I feel like this is the message. This is the scripture. So listen, listen. Daughters, sisters, women of And in Jerusalem, I charge you, oh, let me warn you, promise me, by the gazelle and by the doe of the field, yes, by the wild deer, do not arouse or awaken, do not excite love, do not stir it up until it so desires, until it pleases, until the time is ripe, until the time is ripe and you are ready. Can I get an amen? I think that is as clear as we can say it. This scripture is said to be a dream or the daydream of the maiden. Who is this maiden who is warning you? Some think she is most likely called the Shulamite because she comes from an unidentified place in Shulam. Others believe that the title Shulamite, peaceful, that's what it means, is simply the bride's married name being the feminine form of Solomon, King Solomon, who is her husband's song of Solomon. Solomon means peaceful and only used after her marriage to the king. In other words, listen to this. This is so dope. In other words, the queen of peace who is married to the king of peace is talking. Whew. So if the queen of peace, who's married to the king of peace, is talking, we should do what? Listen, this scripture can be interpreted two ways. One, don't interrupt the sweet dream of love the maiden enjoys, drawing her back to reality or daily life. Don't wake me up. Do not wake me up. This dream is too good. Have you ever had a dream that was so good and you're like, oh, Don't wake me up. You knew you were dreaming and you're like, please don't wake me up. Please don't wake me up. Or the second way you can interpret it. Some interpret it. Don't start the process of love, of loving exchange until the opportunity and appropriate occasion is present. In other words, don't start nothing. You can't finish. And I think that's what we're going to go with. We're going to go with don't start nothing. That you can't finish. Notice the words in these different translations. All right. So we have the address. The the, the opening of the scripture. I charge you. Right. This means to assign one a particular task. The queen of peace is giving you a job. Mm, You better do it. Let me warn you. Warning often comes before destruction. The queen of peace is trying to save you from destruction. Promise me in scripture, promises are more important than any form of currency. God's promises are the foundation of our faith. God's promises are the foundation of our favor. God's promises are the foundation of our mercy. God's promise are the foundation of our vision. God's promise sent Jesus to the cross. God had a covenant or verbal contract with his people. If God holds promises and hide regard so should we we should not break our promise to the queen of peace by the gazelle by the doe by the wild deer what does these animals have in common they are beautiful they are graceful they are majestic they are peaceful And also their prey, they get eaten. They get eaten by lions. They get eaten by all of the ravenous beasts, okay? They get eaten. They cannot fight. That's the first part of the scripture. The second part of the scripture, the directive. Do not arouse. What does arouse mean? Awaken. Do not awaken, love. What does awaken mean? To stop sleep or make someone aware. Now, Now stop here. Could it be when we are not aware of things, it means we feel safe? Gazelles, does, and deer. We will say if they're not aware, they'll get eaten, which is true. But when they are not aware of the predator, they are at peace. They are not aware of any danger. They are at peace. The enemy, the predator, comes to steal your peace, comes to interrupt your peaceful environment. The enemy comes to interrupt your peaceful environment. If you are not aware of danger, could it mean you feel safe? Adam and Eve didn't know they were naked until they sinned and left God's protection. We're not telling you to be naive. We're not telling you to be gullible. What we're telling you is stay where it is safe. Stay where You are safe enough that you are not even aware of the danger. Let's move on. Do not excite love. This means to call into activity. Don't start nothing. And it won't be nothing. Okay? Don't, hey, hey. Hey, don't start nothing. Don't excite nothing. now. Don't instigate. Can't stand an instigator. Okay? Do not stir it up. This means cause or provoke trouble. Do not poke a sleeping bear. Think about how powerful love is. It says our God is love. Why are you trying to poke a bear for? Don't do that. Not a topic. Which is love. It says until it so desires. What does this mean? Until it wants to, until it has a strong want for you, there's nothing like when someone loves you back. Okay, there is nothing like when someone wants you until someone wants you, until someone loves you back. Stay away. What's amazing about God is we he's the only person in the universe that loves first and shows us the consequences. God loved us first. Because he loved us first, it sent him to his death, which allows us to love him. Think about that. So if you are loving someone first that doesn't love you back, it is sending you to your death. And the difference between you and God is God rose from the dead. Okay? If you put yourself in a situation you don't need to be in, you ain't rising. All right? Now, if you got Jesus, you're going to rise in heaven, but you ain't rising back here on earth. Can I get Amen. Until it pleases means happy and satisfied. There is nothing like being happy and satisfied in a relationship with someone. I don't care who the relationship is with. All right, brother, sister, mother, father, romantic partner. See, this series I'm not just talking about romantic relationships here. Until the time is right. That is self-explanatory. All right. If I tell you to be here at seven and you are here at 6.55, that's dope. You're early, but I'm not starting until 7. And if I tell you to be here at 7 and you're here at 7.05, the doors are locked, you stuck. So great, get here early. I want you to get here early. Matter of fact, my mentor told me to be early is to be on time. To be on time is to be late, and to be late is to be left behind. But I'm starting at the time that I tell you I'm starting. You're not going to make love do nothing. I don't care who you think you is, you aren't going to make love do nothing. Love will start when love wants to start. Amen. Until the time is ripe. Ooh, look at this. What does ripe mean? Developed to the point of readiness. Whew. And finally, you are, ready. Mm. you are ready. You are ready. You are ready. So my question to you is, are you ready? Or or in the words of the beautiful India Ire, are you ready for love, all of the joy and the pain, and all the time that it takes just to stay in your good grace lately i've been thinking maybe you're not ready for me maybe you think i need to learn maturity they say watch what you ask for because you might receive but if you ask me tomorrow i'll ask the same thing are you ready for love? The answer for some of you is no, okay? It's, it's no. But let's find out. Let's find out. Quick self-assessment. I want you to take notes. I want you to say yes, no, okay? I want you to say I don't know, all right? I want you to do a quick self-assessment, but you have to answer these questions, all right? We have about three assessments in this sermon, but this is the first one. Here we go. One, would you say you grew up around healthy relationships? This is your parents. How do your parents treat each other? Or how do your parents treat you? How do your parents treat your siblings? How do your siblings treat each other? How do you treat your siblings? Would you say the relationship is healthy? Two, how has the relationships you grew up around affected your definition of a healthy relationship? Now, you're saying to yourself, well, what is healthy? Well, everyone has a different definition. What do you think a healthy relationship is? Based on what you have seen in your life, if you can break it down into one sentence, not what you think, not what you want, based off what you have seen in your life, in your household, in your upbringing, what would you define a healthy relationship to be? And finally... What do you do when things get difficult in your relationships? Like I said, this is not just romantic. When things get hard, when you get into arguments with your friends, what do you do? Do you fight for that friendship? Do you say, I don't need this friendship? Do you confront the problem? Do you not confront the problem? What do you do when things get hard with your siblings? What do you do when things get hard with your parents? What do you do when things get hard with your significant other? What do you do when things get hard in relationships? Do you run? Do you hide? Do you avoid conflict? Do you argue? What do you do? Why do a self-assessment and why am I asking you about your upbringing? Well, let's look at some statistics, okay? If your parents are happily married, your risk of divorce decreases by 14%. So, if you have healthy relationships your risk of divorce goes down by 14%. What is a healthy relationship? Honestly, I'm going scripture. I'm going golden rule. A healthy relationship is when you love God above all else and love people the way you love yourself. When you treat people the way you want to be treated. When you're, you're patient, because that's what love is. When you're kind, when you keep no record of wrongs. When you don't delight in evil but rejoice in the truth. When you always persevere, you always trust. That's love to me. That's a, that is the perfect picture of a healthy relationship. Let, more statistics. If your parents married others after divorcing, you're 91% more likely to get divorced. Woo! 91% more likely to get divorced. According to Nicholas Wolfinger, in understanding the divorce cycle, the risk of divorce is 50% higher when one spouse comes from a divorced home, and 200% higher when both partners do. In addition, children of divorce are 50% more likely to marry other children of divorce. So do you see the cycle? Do you see why it's important to take a self-assessment? If you are a child of divorce, right, if you have seen unhealthy relationships, because let's just be real, if there is a divorce, that means It's not healthy. I do not believe you can have a healthy relationship and get divorced, all right? But if you are a child of an unhealthy relationship, you are 50% more likely to marry another child of a divorce. And if children of divorce marry other children of divorce, they are 200% more likely to get divorced. And if you've already been divorced and you choose to marry again, you're 91% more likely to get a second divorce. But you see how it's a cycle? And while you're married, you might have some children. Now, let me start here. Divorce. When Tiana and I counsel couples, we try our best to avoid them divorcing. If God hates divorce, so do I. However, under extreme circumstances, divorce is not only understandable, but divorce is life-saving. When it comes to abuse, unrepented infidelity, cheating, and not stopping, Tiana and I sometimes encourage divorce. I do not believe God wants anyone to stay in an abusive marriage, period. There is no ands, ifs, or buts about it. And I'm not talking about one of those, it happened one time, it'll never happen again. If there is constant abuse, get out. I do not believe God wants you to stay in a unrepented. Infidelity-filled marriage. He even states, if there's infidelity, I get it. Get divorced. I it is not fair to your heart and to your soul to continue be continue to be cheated on. So we understand. We are not picking on people with divorce. We are not saying you're a horrible person if you get divorced. We're not saying you're not Christian if you get divorced, because things happen and your safety is Highly important. So I just want to clear that up. We are not condemning anyone that have gotten divorced. We just want to read these stats so you can understand how to avoid divorce. More stats. Here we go. Almost 50% of all marriages in the United States will end in divorce or separation. Researchers estimate that 41% of all first marriages will end in divorce, 60% of second marriages will end in divorce, 73% of all third marriages end in divorce. Stats show that once you're divorced, it's more than likely that you will get divorced again if you remarry. Let me stop here. Why are we focusing on divorce? Once again, when you get married to someone, you make vows, okay, you make vows. Why are vows important? A vow is a verbal contract. A vow is a covenant. Okay. When we look at God, I said this earlier, when we looked at God, what sent Jesus to the cross? It was God's covenant with his people, his verbal commitment, his verbal contract saying, I will never leave you nor forsake you. His verbal contract stating that Jesus would come. His verbal contract stating Jesus would take away the sins of the world. So God loves us so much that he keeps, he keeps his verbal contracts, his covenant, his vow to us, even though it resulted at his death. So us as men and women created in the image of God. In his image and his likeness, we are to do everything God does. So when we make a vow, this is why we say don't make vows. Don't make promises you can't keep. And I'll never make a promise that I can't keep. Y'all don't know about Drew Hill. But anyway, do not make a promise you can't keep. Because a vow is something that is to be held. And when we get married, we make vows to each other. We say In sickness and in health. No matter how sick you get, I am right by your side. Think about what you're saying to somebody. In rich or in poor, no matter how much we got, no matter what we don't have, I'm right by your side. Till death do us part. As long as I have air in my lungs, I will never leave you. So do you understand how serious divorce is when you put it into perspective that divorce is a man and a woman breaking the vow? Whoever initiated the divorce, a man and a woman breaking the vow they made to each other, breaking the covenant they made to each other. If God doesn't break his vows, think if God, divorced humankind. Where would we be? That's why we're talking about divorce. The United States has the sixth highest divorce rate in the world. Every 13 seconds, there is one divorce in America. That equates to 277 divorces per hour, 6,646 divorces per day, 46,523 divorces per week, and just under 2.5 million divorces per year. That means there are nine divorces in the time it takes for a couple to read their wedding vows, which is normally two minutes. The average age... For couples going through their first divorce is 30 years old. 60% of all divorces involve individuals aged 25 to 39. Wives, women are the ones who most often file for divorce at 66% on average. I say that to say this. Divorce is heart-shattering. Divorce is family-destroying. Divorce is a huge issue. You're breaking the vows you made to another person. For some reason. What are those reasons? Why does divorce happen? Take out your notes. It's time for assessment two. It's time for assessment two. Here we go. 73% of couples divorce because of lack of commitment. How are you in the commitment department? If you say you're going to do something, are you going to do it? Or are you a quitter? If you join a team... Do you stick it out or do you quit when it gets hard? 56% of couples divorce because they argue too much. Ooh, how are you in the arguing department? When things don't go your way, do you accept them? Do you have to argue? Do you love arguing? Do you argue about any old little thing? Are you in arguments with people right now in your life? Think about it. 55% 55% of couples divorce because of infidelity, cheating. How are you in a cheating department? Do you cheat in games? Mm-hmm. Do you cheat on test? Do you cheat? 46% of couples divorce because they are married too young. I'm going to interpret this as maturity. How are you in the too young department? How mature are you? Are you mature? And, and think of what your friends would say. Don't say, oh, I am mature. Would your friends say you are mature? of couples divorce because of the lack of equality in a relationship. How are you in the equality department? Simple question. Golden rule. Do you treat people the way you should be treated? The way you want to be treated? 45% of couples divorce because of unrealistic expectations. How are you in the unrealistic expectation department? Like, are you here with us in reality? And I'm a dreamer. Don't get me wrong. Dream big. However... I need you to be here in reality with me, too. Dream big. You want to be a doctor, a lawyer, a judge? You want to make a million dollars? Yeah, go for it. But you still got to get a job. You still got to go to school. It ain't just going to happen. Things don't just happen, people. Are you unrealistic in the things that you want? 41% of couples divorce because of lack of preparation for marriage. How are you in the preparation department? Do you study? When it comes to testing exams and do you study? When it comes to your games and, and, and your clubs, do you practice? Do you get ready? Do you pray? Mm, praying is all about preparation, baby. Do you pray? Are you praying to God? Do you read your Bible? That's all about preparation. 25% of couples divorce because of domestic violence or abuse. And remember, I am, listen, I am so serious. I am not for abuse. I am not for anyone putting their hands on anyone. I'm not for it. I am not for it. God never abused us. He could have. We abused him. I am not for it. If if there is a married couple anywhere and there is constant abuse, I am the first one to get the victim out of there because I don't believe God is for that. But when we talk about abuse, I want to be clear. I want to stop here and really look at abuse because are we a victim or are we an offender? Assess it number three. When it comes to abuse, I'm going to read out a list. And this is tough. I'm going to read out a list. I might define some. I might move on from some. On this assessment, If you have seen it in your life, I want you to write the word down. Just write the word down. If you haven't seen it, don't write the word down. If you've experienced it, it's happened to you. okay? Some people have seen these things, and some people, these things have happened to you. I want you to write the word down. I want you to write it down. And finally, if you've done it, if you are the offender, if you have a problem doing this to people, I want you to write the word down. If you've seen it, write the word seen in the word. Seen, blank. If you experienced it, I want you to write experienced, blank. And if you have done it to someone else, I want you to write, I have blanked. All of these words are considered abuse. Number one, molesting. Molesting. Touching someone into inappropriate, touching someone that doesn't want to be touched, touching someone somewhere they didn't give you permission to touch. And if they're underage, they cannot give you permission to touch. Have you seen this? Have you experienced this? And have you, Or have you done this? Just write it on your paper. Attacking. When you're charging someone. Okay, when you're running towards them to attack them, when you're throwing something at them, whether it's a pencil, an ironer, I can't believe I said ironer, that's what my wife says. Oh, God, she wins. A knife, a rock, attacking, running and punching someone, running and kicking someone, charging, striking, hitting someone, punching someone, kicking someone. Stalking. Oh, this is this is stalking is a form of abuse, people. All right. They might not want you to walk them to every class. They might not want you to be at their job when they get off. They might not want you to be at the grocery store when they go to the grocery store. They might not want you to be at the gym. They might not want you around all the time. Are you trying to be around somebody all the time? Are you trying to check for them all the time? And it's not just physical either. Are you on all of their social media pages threatening, I'm going to kill you, or don't mess with me, you don't want to mess with me, because if you mess with me, you know what happens, sexually assaulting. Oh, this is violent right here. This is when you are violently touching someone inappropriate, violently touching them without their permission, violently. Battering. Oh, this is this breaks my heart. This is when you strike and attack someone and don't stop. You see the bruises, but you continue. You see the cuts, but you continue. You see the broken bones, but you continue. But you, you see how 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 heavy it is in this room. How bad. We feel, could you imagine what God feels when he sees people in these situations? This is why I do not believe God intended for anyone to remain in an abusive situation. Harassing. Ooh, here we go. Saying inappropriate things you know people don't like. Doing things around them you know they don't like. You may not be talking to them, might be doing any things to them, but you know they don't like it. You know it makes them uncomfortable. Don't be sending people a thousand text messages. If you got left on read, take your L and go. Okay? Don't don't be DMing somebody a million times. If you got left on read, take your L and go. Let's look at ladies. Ladies, do you know just under 4.8 million women in the U.S. experience physical violence by an intimate partner every year? Women ages 18 to 34 are at the greatest risk for domestic violence. Domestic violence can negatively impact a woman's mental and physical health over the long term. Her children's mental well-being is also at risk of long-term damage. Three women are murdered every day by an intimate partner. It's common for domestic violence victims to experience a loss of productivity, decreased earning potential, and reduction of overall financial security. There's a reason that the scripture is saying daughter, sister, woman, girl, don't awaken love before it's time because it's dangerous out here on these streets. The deer and the gazelle, they're beautiful, but they're also prey. They get eaten. Ladies, you are at greater risk of being victims of domestic violence. However, it is possible for you to be the offender, too. I will never forget when I was teaching in Miami, this, this lovely girl, she came in. And she was upset, and she was just bragging about how she slapped her boyfriend, who was a football player, by the way, and he did nothing. And I stopped the class, and i like, why did you do that? Well, I can hit him. I was like, what if he hits you back? He can't hit me back. Boys can't hit girls, but girls can hit guys. I was like, that's not true. And then I wrote large on the board, keep your hands to yourself. And her response was... But they be annoying. That's not an excuse to hit someone. Ladies, I am as against you abusing someone as I'm against you being abused. Guys, listen to this. Approximately 1 in 12 men in the U.S., 8% have experienced sexual violence. More than 1 in 4 men, 28.6%, in the U.S. have experienced rape or physical violence. Approximately one in four men in the U.S., 25.7%, have been slapped, pushed, or shoved by an intimate partner in your lifetime. Think about it, fellas. All right? It's cute because she might be smaller than you, but if you've had a girlfriend, has she slapped you? Has she pushed you? Has she pinched you? Has she thrown something at you? you think it's okay because she's a woman. It's it's not okay either. It's not okay. Nearly one in seven men in the United States, 13.8%, have experienced severe physical violence by an intimate partner in his lifetime. Nearly half of men in the U.S., 48.8%, have experienced psychological aggression by an intimate partner in their lifetime. Think about it, fellas. Has has an intimate partner, has, has your girl... Told you you wasn't nothing. Told you you wasn't going to be nothing. Told you you were ugly. Told you you are a loser. Spoken down to you. Taking things away from you when she knew you didn't have. Kicked you when you're down. That's not cool. Uh, No. And then children. Boys who witness domestic violence are twice as likely to abuse their own partners and children when they become adults. Males exposed to domestic violence as children are more likely to engage in domestic violence as adults. And females are more likely to be victims as adults. Compared with children in other households, children who have been exposed to domestic violence often suffer from insomnia and have trouble with bedwetting. They also are more likely to experience difficulties in school and score lower on assessments. Court statistics show that children are present during domestic or intimate partner violence incidents in 36% of cases. And of those children who are present, 60% directly witnessed The violence. Okay, that's enough bad news. (laughs) That is enough bad news, but there is good news. I got good news. Y'all want to hear the good news? Here's the good news. Healthy, loving, lasting relationships are possible. Healthy, loving, lasting relationships are possible. What I'm asking you is before you start a relationship, make sure you are healthy, loving, and loving. Because if you're healthy and loving, Chances are you will attract and find someone who is healthy and loving, and if two individuals are healthy and loving, they will have a healthy, loving, lasting relationship. Tiana and I truly believe when Jesus is in the center of your marriage, when you love God above all else, love your partner the way you love yourself, You won't get divorced. If Jesus is present in the home, truly present, not one of those situations where you say I'm a Christian, but you live in like a heathen. Okay, not that when you are truly trying your best to live out Christian principles and live out what Jesus have taught. We believe that divorce can be eliminated. 20 to 24 year olds, the majority, 83 percent said it's important to be married to Someday, 83% of 20 to 24-year-olds say, I want to be married. I just listed out all of those statistics about divorce. I just told you all of that bad. And 83% of 20 to 24-year-olds still say, I hear you. I still want to be married. Look at that hope. As of 2016, both marriage rates and divorce rates in the U.S. are decreasing. Studies show that millennials... Who get a bad rap, by the way. Everyone always talking about how millennials are this or that. But listen to this. Millennials are choosing to wait longer to get married and staying married longer. This is the decline of the marriage and divorce rate. So people will say, well, no one's getting married. that the, the, the marriage wait, rate is low. But what they also don't see is the divorce rate. Is decreasing also? Why? Because people are waiting till they're ready to get married. People are waiting till they can finish what they're started before they start. Second Corinthians five seventeen. How? How? Because a lot. Eighty three percent is a lot, and I know in that eighty three percent. There are people that have seen abuse. There are people that have been abused. There are people that have been in bad situations. But what's happening? And 2 Corinthians 5.17 Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, a new creation has come. The old has gone and the new is here. Do you know you don't have to be like your parents? You don't have to fit into the statistics. You can... Break generational curses in your life. However, to do that, you got to communicate. You might need some therapy. You got to work on yourself. Don't start nothing that you're not ready to be in. It's possible when Christ enters the room. You can change. I can change. We don't need to be like our past. Matthew nineteen twenty-six. And looking at them, Jesus said to them, With people, this is impossible, but with God, all things are possible. How is it possible that I know so many men, I know so many guys that I call friend that didn't have their fathers in their lives that have decided that they will be the best father as possible? Why? Because anything is possible with God. How do I know young ladies who have never seen a healthy relationship in their lives, decide for themselves that I will not subject myself to an unhealthy relationship. I will wait and I will find the right man for me. And when I find this person, he will treat me with love and respect. How? All things are possible with Christ. It's possible to remain married forever If your parents were divorced, it's possible to never abuse your partner or your children if you've been abused. It's possible. How? Because all things through Christ is possible. Philippians 4.13, I can do all things through him who strengthens me. It's tough. It's going to be hard. Let me tell you something. Let me tell you something. Relationships are hard. You have to work on them. Believe it or not. Your parents will have to work on their relationship with you for the rest of your life. Some parents got it down packed. Some parents, they discipline you, they love you, they take care of you, and it's a healthy relationship. Some parents, they may not treat their children so well. Guess what? One day that child grows up and doesn't want to be around you, and now that parent has to fight for a relationship with their child because of how they treated their child in the first place. It takes hard work, but guess what? If that parent really wants a relationship with their child, they understand that they can do it. It's gonna take hard work. Same thing with kids. When you when, when the child grows up, they may have a relationship with their parents or not, but it can get better. Your relationships can get better when it comes to divorce and marriages. Whatever happened to make that divorce that marriage unhealthy, dare I say it, it can get better. You can repent. You can turn away. And finally, nothing is impossible with God. As you sit here, as you sit here, I want to be very clear with this. I believe everyone in this room listening to this message will have a healthy, loving, lasting marriage. I believe everyone in this room and listening to this message will have a healthy, loving, lasting relationship with their parents, their siblings, their friends, their coworkers, and their children. I believe that because God was willing to die simply on a vow he made. God sent his only son to die on a cross just to open the door to reconciliation. And when we have Christ in our lives, we realize there is nothing we will not do to reconcile with the people that we love. There is nothing that we will not do to make things right. So I believe in all my heart, if we keep Jesus at the center, as impossible as it may be to forgive someone who has hurt you, because God is present, it is possible. So it comes back to the initial question after we've done all these assessments. Are you ready for love? And if you are, I pray you find someone. If you are not, it's okay. Take your time. Because don't start something you can't finish. Let's pray. Thank you for listening. We hope that this message has confirmed what God has already placed in your heart. Don't forget to hit the subscribe button. And remember, you rise when you study God's word and we rise when we unite God's kingdom. Let's rise together.